The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Know the score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and we're here to talk about the Bristol Dirt Race from this past week in Bristol, Tennessee, Easter Sunday. Hope everybody had a good Easter Sunday. Welcome back to Know the Score, brought to you by CSPN. You can find, the, find us on the web at CSPN.us. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search CSPN Media. You can also find us through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. Just search CSPN Media. So our storylines coming into this week. Hendrick Motorsports, they get hit with another set of violations after the Richmond race, after modifications were found in the greenhouse area of the car. So Bowman and Byron were the cars with the violations. So they were docked 60 points, five playoff points. There was a fine and their interim crew chiefs just got hit with four race suspensions. So now Hendrick is having to dig deep into their pool of talent resources to to find crew chiefs to man these teams now as they've gotten um, hit significantly uh, here in the last month with two penalties. Uh, they said they will not appeal this one. So they're going to take this one on the chin and go on down the road. Speaking of taking things on the chin, the appeals board uh, didn't favor Colic Racing as much as they did Hendrick. Um, they gave back like 25 of the points and $25,000 of the suspension for Colic Racing, but they didn't get the wholesale thing that Hendrick got as far as all the points being given back. Uh, so Colic Racing, not as fortunate as Hendrick was when it came to the original violation that uh, with the hood louvers. Denny Hamlin, he wasn't so lucky with the appeals board either as they upheld uh, all of the um, sanctions that they brought down upon him when it came to his incident with Frost Chastain back in Phoenix and then his admission on his podcast that uh, he was intentionally trying to ruin Ross Chastain's day. Um, Denny's podcast, of course, he opens up about the appeals process kind of sheds light on that so very interesting listen uh, if you want to get into kind of the ebbs and flows and how the process works back behind the scenes of NASCAR coming into this race the Bristol dirt race we would have heat races that would help determine the starting grid the pole winner and so forth um, it was a combination of winning your heat races and how many people you passed passing points is what they are called it so the winners of the four heat races were Austin Dillon Ryan Blaney Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace with Kyle Larson and the pole because he had the most 
passing points. So Hendrick Motorsports, once again, starting out front, which has been the case most of the time this year uh, when it comes to the season. So in stage one, we get Bubba Wallace spinning and collecting Joey Logano for the first caution of the race. Uh, this would kind of be a theme throughout the night. People kind of spin it on their own. Uh, a lot of guys were able to kind of gas it up, do 360s, and keep it pointed in the right direction. Uh, NASCAR kind of seemed to uh, only throw cautions uh, for spins if other people were collected or the guys got stuck facing oncoming traffic. Kyle Larson. He goes on to win the first stage. So our top 10 looks like this. After the first stage, we got Austin Dillon finished in second. We got Kyle Busch, then Ryan Priest, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick, Justin Haley, and William Byron. Kyle Larson, he starts off stage two as our leader. But he and Ryan Priest, and they get into each other, and Ryan Priest has some hard feelings about that. Um, that's some foreshadowing. So that kind of leads to some uh, issues for Kyle Larson as he suffers some damage. Reddick, he gets the lead with nine laps left in Stage 2, and Reddick goes on to eventually lead Stage 2. Stage two was definitely highlighted by a lot of uh, 360 spins. I think Michael McDowell did it twice in that stage. A couple of other guys did it as well. Uh, this was actually uh, probably the best stage to me of the race. It was the most exciting. Had different leaders. Uh, Kyle Larson and Ryan Priest had their issues. Uh, Reddick started to flex and show his strength. Um, Austin Dillon was definitely um, somebody who was very consistent challenging up near the front. So you could definitely see in stage two uh, the real contenders uh, when it came to who was going to be there at the end for the win. So your stage two top ten looks like this. Tyler Reddick went in stage. Austin Dillon Second, Kyle Larson, third, Christopher Bell, fourth, Kyle Bush, fifth, Chase Briscoe, sixth, Martin Truex, seventh, Ryan Blaney, eighth, Justin Haley, and ninth, and Eric Amarola in tenth. We come to stage three, and uh, we don't have live cautions during this particular race. So you have uh, six minutes to make adjustments to your car, put in fuel. Uh, change tires, do whatever you need to do, and everybody will uh, restart kind of where you pulled off the track unless you decide not to pit. Well, Carl Larson does pit from the lead, but he decides not to change tires during the stage break. Um, this was a very curious strategy um, because uh, people just couldn't understand why you wouldn't change tires. Uh, but there was something that Kyle Larson felt in those tires that he felt comfortable with well of course it turns out to be the wrong decision when Kyle Larson spins out on his own and causes a caution so uh, whatever Larson thought he was gonna gain from staying out on those old tires did not work got himself caught in the back well that just compounds things as Larson and Priest get together again with Larson coming out on the losing end of things and Kyle Larson gets hit up into the wall and he is done for the night. 
So it looks like Priest maybe got some payback on Larson uh, for their dust up earlier in stage two. And uh, we'll see if this is one of those things that continues throughout the season or if, you know, all things are square as we leave Bristol. Christopher Bell, he's leading in stage three, followed by Tyler Reddick after we get a caution for Kyle Bush hitting the wall. We uh, get the restart. And Ross Chastain, he gets spun on the last lap. Christopher Bell, he wins under caution. So what was going to happen was it looked like Tyler Reddick was going to really have a chance to try to make something happen on that uh, last two turns of the last lap. But as we're coming down the back stretch, Ross Chastain gets turned. He's blocking the track, and we can't get our last lap. Uh, we can't get the completion of the lap in. Christopher Bell did take the white flag, so the next flag to wave is the caution, so that means that the race is over. So Christopher Bell, he is your winner with Tyler Reddick finishing second. Austin Dillon in third. Ricky Stenthouse in fourth. Chase Briscoe in fifth. Justin Haley in sixth. Martin Truex in seventh. Todd Gillian. Gilliland in eighth, Kevin Harvick in ninth, and once again, Ty Gibbs finishes in the top ten. So for the first time in the history of the Bristol dirt race, an actual true dirt track uh, competitor, guy who cut his teeth on the dirt tracks, gets the win, Christopher Bell bringing it home for Joe Gibbs racing. Um, very impressive uh, in stage three. Um, it was a good battle with Tyler Reddick as they came down to the end. Tyler Reddick, another guy who's uh, got his roots and background in dirt racing. Dirt racing. So those two guys, along with Kyle Larson, uh, pretty much dominated the evening until Larson had those run-ins with Priest and uh, also took those, uh, decided not to take the tires and spun out on his own. Uh, Ricky Stenthouse, he did very well. Ricky Stenthouse also has a, a background in dirt cars, uh, sprint cars. Um, so it was re really cool to see those guys kind of rise to the top. And the track conditions seem to be excellent as far as Clint Boyer and Tony Stewart were describing. Uh, the guys uh, inside the cars said that the track conditions were, were very good. Um, as with NASCAR, the more times I get a chance to do something and, and put on a show at the same venue, uh, doing the same thing, they usually tend to, you know, get it just right on the second or third try. First year we had the disaster with the track, too much, uh, you know, not enough moisture, too much dust, and uh, just causing the visibility issues and guys not feeling safe just because they couldn't see, which led to single file restarts because it was just uh, too much, uh, too much potential calamity. Uh, with the dust in the air, uh, then year two um, controlled the dust, but the track conditions really weren't the best the guys kind of seem to have to run in one spot they said didn't really have a way for them to kind of pass a maneuver it just kind of had to nudge and grind the people out of the way but then this year i think that most people would agree that the track was wide there was multiple grooves for guys to try to pass there seemed to be a, a cushion that guys could get up against and really hang their cars out and uh, make some time uh, so it was a very fun and entertaining race to watch definitely uh, at least through television 
it was a a good show it the date they probably will have to work on if they want to continue this race just due to the fact that it's on Easter weekend in Tennessee I don't think that's going to be the best selling point for NASCAR uh, to try to run a holiday to try to run a race on that particular holiday that's that's really not a holiday now maybe if they did it on the Saturday push the things back the heat races and things back to a Friday and then ran the race on the Saturday that may kind of work out a little bit better in their favor but I just don't think Easter Sunday as far as a live attendance in Bristol Tennessee is is what they want to do um just from a spectator standpoint of people having uh, plans and, and, you know, taking that holiday very seriously is more of a stay home type of holiday. So things may happen on Sunday, but maybe not uh, on Saturday, but maybe not Sunday. And I think NASCAR suffered from that as far as uh, in the stands, because there's definitely sizable gaps of empty seats for this particular race. But I think if you were watching this at home, you were, thoroughly entertained and would say that yes if they can replicate the track conditions uh that yes this would be a race that you would like to see again there's a lot of speculation about the future of this race uh what will happen to it in a couple of years if it's a race that needs to really be on this particular track um there's some talk about the nashville speedway Nashville Fairgrounds opening back up. They're trying to get that approved. Marcus Smith owns that track as well as Bristol. And maybe that would become the quote unquote dirt track race for the sport. That that particular track would just be dirt. They would come there, hold their maybe two dirt track races a year and give Bristol back their concrete spring date. But those are plans and things yet to come. Of course, the schedule is forever changing, and uh, we'll just have to see what the future holds uh, for the Bristol Dirt Race. But the third time was the charm, in my in my estimation. So, uh, good job by all involved with NASCAR when it comes to putting on the race. And congratulations to Christopher Bell for capturing the flag and the sword in the oldest Coliseum. Before we go, you always like to give a tip of the hat. So this week, the tip of the hat goes to Justin Haley. Uh, Colic Racing definitely had a tough week uh, with them not being as fortunate when it comes to the um, penalty situation when it came to the Hood Louvers. But Justin Haley uh, was uh, in the top 10 throughout all the stages, uh, finished in the top 10 as well. So definitely would like to give a tip of the hat to him as he tries to recover uh, from that big penalty and uh, try to salvage somewhat of a season um, for them. Uh, We're going to Talladega in a couple of weeks. So that may be a spot if things work out the Rex miss him and he makes some he makes some good moves that uh, Justin Haley could maybe wind up in victory lane and that would definitely help uh, ease the blow of those sanctions that came down uh, from those hood loopers so tip of the cap this week goes to Justin Haley next up on the circuit we got the paperclip Martinsville and 
in breaking news that just happened before I began to sit down to record this. It looks like Chase Elliott will be returning to the number nine car this weekend after recovering from that broken leg. Um, so things will be looking up for the Hendrick camp. If things uh, do uh, hold up throughout the weekend, um, you know, you never know how he could react once he gets in the car. 500 laps at Martinsville is a lot, um, especially for your first race out. Um, so we'll see how he kind of reacts throughout the, the week and, and the getting in and out of the car and things like that. But just a boost to the sport, Chase Elliott coming back uh, to Martinsville, one of his better tracks. So uh, I know the grandstands will be packed. Uh, hopefully the short track package at Martinsville will be as successful as it was at Richmond. But we will see this weekend. You know the usual suspects, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, uh, Joe Logano, William Byron, uh, Martin Church Jr., Kevin Harvick. I uh, will definitely be your favorites uh, coming into this week. So um, looking forward to Martinsville, some more short trap beating and banging after we came off of the dirt at Bristol. So until next week, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and now you know the score.